So hi and welcome to episode three of Planet Diaspora, uh, which is a podcast which is filmed. It's about um, news, present news, current affairs, movements and the ingenuity of uh, those from the um, African diaspora worldwide, but um, specifically also the UK. I'm your host, Sandra. On today's episode, we're talking to Bolahan Abisasan. He's an actor, a playwright, and the artistic director and joint CEO of Brixton House. Today's episode, episode three, is called Creative Adrenaline, Momentum, and Future Sustainability. Okay, so welcome to episode three of uh, Planet Diaspora's podcast. So today I'm speaking to actor, playwright uh, and creative director, Bolahan Abisasan. And um, what I'd like to share with everybody is that both myself, and I think this is relevant, uh, both myself and Bolahan are first-generation migrants from Africa, obviously. I'm from um, East Africa in the Seychelles, and Bolahan came over here in primary school? Yeah. From primary Nigeria. school from Nigeria. So, um, and we know each other because we went to a university together, our undergrad um, at a London Guildhall, which changed its name. Yes. So I never know whether to say London Guildhall yes. or, yeah, it sounds so much better and I think it, 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 it's, it was proper. Yeah. So London Guildhall University. And um, one, of the, one of my loveliest memories about Bolahan actually is I jumped over from doing a politics course, I don't know why, um, to <laughs> doing a more creative course, uh, which um, was where I, I met Bolahan. And all the... I'm not being horrible, but some of the girls were quite nasty and cliquey. And um, Bolahan was one kind face. And <laughs> I remember having a conversation with you, and you're like, don't worry if they're not friendly. And I was <laughs> like, oh, thank you so much. But there was lots of amazing people on that course as well, um, you being one of them. Oh, so, um, yeah, so welcome. Thank you. On the sofa. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, how's it going it's been a while it's been a while <laughs> it's been a long time um it's funny that you should bring up um university because i remember um trying to decide whether to um commit to the course or not because i wanted to do a film course and um i ended up doing the communications course because the film course was full mm. of international students yeah and you know we didn't know at the time but london guildhall was in debt so yeah it made sense for them to take on a lot of yeah because even students. on the course we were on there were lots and lots of international students yeah, wasn't yeah, there yeah. but i think that was one of the things that actually was appealing about it just knowing that actually there was a real enriched um pers uh, perspective that was being yeah. cultivated within um, the university itself and potentially on the courses and just you know from walking around it was in East London mm. you know as well so it's like you know walking around Whitechapel and Allgate East and you know Margate Margate and just kind of actually going oh yeah this is London and this is what the kind of cultural mountain pot should look like and also that thing of it being um, fed by international minds and perspectives and to be around that felt like the most appropriate and sort of, um, yeah, 
potentially mm. rewarding sort of situation to be in. A hundred percent. And one of the s reasons why I chose London Guildhall was because I had gone to a school that wasn't multicultural. And <coughs> so I literally, it, when I went, used to go out in sixth form, mm. um, you know, wh the places I was going to, I was bumping into students from Guildhall. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and, and one of the reasons why I went to Guildhall was because it was multicultural mm. and because I felt that I really had that missing from my primary and secondary education and I really wanted to kind of experience kind of other kind of bright minds. I, w I wouldn't have thought that uni. because you went, you grew up in like West London, right? I did, but I went to a, a, a school literally where 5% were kind of non non-white oh wow yeah so i was probably one of maybe 35 in right. my year right okay yeah, and there was 122 20 something in my year oh wow so yeah we were the minority we wow. stood we stood out that's crazy <laughs> because yeah. i i grew up in bermondsey yeah and even though like bermondsey isn't you know in the 90s wasn't necessarily the most welcoming and um sort of diverse place mm -hmm. um the schools that i went to was predominantly you know children of you know um west indian caribbean or african heritage and you know in my secondary school um the white kids were the minority yeah. which was interesting yeah um so yeah to go to london guildhall felt like the most appropriate yeah. <laughs> sort of um situation to be in i think potentially going outside london would have been um me kind of throwing myself into you know uncharted territories in a way yeah and uh, yeah I mean I, I hear that a hundred percent like it, it was nice to be like I completely agree with you it was nice to be in uh, an institution obviously I mentioned the girls that I didn't get on with but scrap that yeah. you know generally my experience at Guildhall was really really positive yeah. and it was a really nice space because like you say there was lots of different kind of perspectives and experiences and and you know oh and there was lots of learning taking place outside of the lecture theater and outside outside of seminars because yeah. you were meeting you know people with really kind of different outlooks and and um, I mean you know yeah it, I mean, and, and, and I found that really refreshing yeah. and nice yeah no it was but I think it's you know we also have to take into consideration that if some of those um young people that we were educated amongst could afford to come to our university from their respective countries, then mm -hmm. they might have also been somewhat from privileged backgrounds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. it, it, you know, everything with a pinch of salt. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, you know, being, you know, in my early 20s mm -hmm. at the time, um, just going, actually, I'm not going, I'm not going too far away from home, but amongst my peers or you know some of the uh, my friends that I went to primary school with uh, you know I'm one of a few going to university and I'm being influenced or exposed to different cultures different people different perspectives mm -hmm. and different um, sort of aspirations yeah. essentially and that motivates you as much as also feeds you know that intellectual aspect of your brain that makes you go all right so this person has a hunger because they're from this culture mm. or this background. Mm. What's my hunger and how can I borrow from 
you know what they have have to mm-hmm. sort of offer in a way yeah yeah and i mean we're not going to talk about this for too long but i do want to just pick up on what you've said because i feel that uh, in the kind of areas that we are some mutual spaces that we're both interested in and obviously play you know you're you're a playwright and you, you've got a theater you've had a theater career um i feel sometimes that you know uh, going to university as a as a, a kind of British kid, even though we're both first-generation migrants, um, I felt that, like you say, some of people coming from overseas that come from privilege will go back. And I always wonder, are they having a much more successful career? <laughs> because maybe, the, you know, those skills are scarce or because, you know, I always think they about that an anyway. international degree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, a, 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 a degree from you know the uk often holds some way overseas depending sometimes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so anyway that's interesting but um we've broken the ice but i'm g- this is my icebreaker this is my planned icebreaker i'm so sorry, <laughs> sorry. so um yes. you ready yes so i know you love film okay as do i um i'd like you to think about your top three please and just Top three films. Um, Lahaine, On the spot. City of God. Both films I love. Bicycle Thieves. Bicycle Thieves. That's Italian, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember. But with the dad yeah, yeah, and yeah. his son. Yes. And he, oh, that's a beautiful film. Yeah, yeah. Such I a feel, beautiful I film. I feel um, somewhat um, uh, as if like, I should have a, a, a more African um, sort of offering in there. Mm. I mean, yeah, maybe, um, I mean, Tootsie or Serafina. Um, Haven't seen either of those, so that's one I can add to my, my Yeah, films. no, those, both those films are astounding. Um, and then maybe um, there's a film about, uh, I forgot what it's called now. Um, about these kids who were in the middle of a civil war in Syria alone and um, I want to say it's something like Billy Mad Dog or something but but it escapes you yeah 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 think yeah. on it at the end I'll I'm think on come it and see you. whether I can I'm going to come back to you there's a film it. I've seen at the moment actually that looks really good um, it's having an online uh, premiere uh, was it um, was it once we were kings? I'll think on that. Yeah, I'll think <laughs> on that, and at the end. But oh, brilliant! All films that I love, all of those three films: City yeah. of God, phenomenal, and yeah. that would have come out when we were either just in at uni, maybe City of God. Yeah, I think it was yeah early two thousand. Little Zay. Yeah, yeah, Little Zay. Yeah, Little Zay. He was yeah, the, like yeah. villain. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, an amazing film. No, it's it's still yeah. I mean, and it really stands the st- test of time, which is I think is what you're, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just the and the soundtrack. I think I think it was just the story, the way that the story was told, and over the number of years that it was told, there was that brilliant scene where they walk into um, where they tell the story of the flat, um, and you know they just tell the story of um, how little Z sort of establishes himself and takes over this. Um, drug flat um and stuff like that that was just How and it was all done with one camera movie? 
Bolan. I don't. I can't. I can't remember. I, You've I seen think it I, double digits. I, I wouldn't say double digits, Ooh, but really? I have. I have seen it an, a number of times. Mm. But it also reminds me of. Um, Ill manners. Um, the yes, plan B yeah, film. the Plan B one with yeah. the flat because there's a flat. Things revolve around a flat in yeah, that yeah, film yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, So you can see the direct sort of reference and mm. inspiration from mm-hmm. City of God in that. Yeah, City of God was a film of like oh, j- like when we were young, it was it was the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, love no, that it was, film. It was, it was oh, great. This just a I moment for City of God. I mean, please. you know, I've, I picked those three because they stuck out in my head, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I'm sure. What was your you first know. choice again? Um, Lahaine. Lahaine as well. Again, yeah. KRS One soundtrack on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Lahaine, and it also like it, 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 it tells two sides of Paris. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I mean, and that film is still very relevant now. Yeah. And um, again, has stood the test of time. Absolutely um, right. So yeah, I think as does Bicycle Thieves, because by this is it a fifties movie, nineteen fifties, or is it earlier? Because it's black and white. I've, I mean, I've seen it a couple of times, but I can't remember. I think it might. Hmm. Mm. Oh yeah, you might be right. But yeah. I want to say it's like seventies. Really? Oh, you say yeah. Maybe oh, it's yeah. Because I'm trying to think back, but it's an amazing film. Yeah. If you haven't seen any of those three films... You might be right, though. It might be, like, 56, 57. Yeah, if you haven't seen any of those films, start at Bicycle Fit Thieves, then... Lahaine, Lahaine and then, then City, of, City God. of God. yeah. And then do Tootsie... No, then do Serafina and then do Tootsie. Yeah, I need to do Serafina and Tootsie yeah, yeah. as well. So next time I speak to you, I will have watched those films. Amazing. It's my project. It's my homework from you. Amazing, amazing. Okay. You will love them. So um, we're back and we ex- we're exploring creative adrenaline. And what I wanted to do is just talk about some of the work that you've been a part of, some of which you've directed and some of which you've written. So I'm going to go through some of your work and then I'm going to ask you a specific question. So get ready. Okay. So some of Bolahan's work include uh, The Fisherman, uh, how Nigeria became a story and a spear that didn't work. And um, I think I might have seen that one. Um, Pigeon English, uh, Mad About the Boy, which is the big one, isn't it, that everyone talks about, I bet. Or no? no. no oh, no. Really? <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> of course they do. I think that's the one that, that people I, yeah, talk to you about it, it, a lot. That was the one that I guess I started off with. Yeah, long time ago. and then we've got um, we get around, which is in development at the moment. Yeah, uh, the last king of Scotland. Yeah, random. Yeah, Yvette. Yeah, sus. Yes, and um, is sus the one I came to see? You might have seen that. It was yeah, was that the Young Vic? Yeah, it was a play by Barry Keith, who's now passed. Rest his God rest his soul, um, and about a black man who was arrested based on the uh, 70s sus law. 
yeah. or stuff in search. Yeah, I did a lot of research about that lot um, last year, actually. Yeah, um, so so you could get arrested and stopped in search if someone suspected that you had committed a crime, yeah. which is invisible, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, he's taken into the police station and has a sort of nightmare sort of uh, interrogation with these two racist police officers. Oh, gosh. And I also saw something else at the Young Vic, and I think you directed it. It was the... And you you said it was a specific type of theatre in that um, we the audience sat on crates and there was sand. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I didn't it. direct that, actually. What I, did you I do? was um, assistant director. On oh, that. were you? Um, it was a play by Debbie Tucker Green called Generations, and yeah. it was directed by Sasha Wears. Oh, and okay. that was one of my first um, sort of, yeah, f- assistant jobs. Um, was that like two th- 2007-ish? Yeah, something like yeah. that. 2006, 2007. So, yeah, yeah. we're giving our age away a little bit. I right? know. No, no, no. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember coming to see, see that and I was with a friend and I was like, oh, my friend directs <laughs> this. <laughs> but, you know, you're assistant director. And at the time, we were in our like mid to early 20s. Yeah, yeah, Weren't we, yeah. again, giving our age away? But, you know, that's a that's something to kind of, I mean, yeah. who I mean, not very many people can say that they've been assistant director below 25. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, you know. I mean, loads of people can now. Because, oh, can you know, they? Yeah, no, well, because obviously. Forget those people. <laughs> you know, th- we're Times talking, are changing. Times you know, are times changing. are changing, but. You know, back when we were talking about, you know, they can't, and they better not try. Uh, I'm only joking. But anyway, so when did you know you were part of the theatre industry? And um, what, from, because we talked about, obviously, Guildhall, but what has your journey been like from from Guildhall to now? Yeah, that's... Um, it's a big uh, question. Yeah, it's, it is a big <laughs> question. Um, I guess, for me, I started off acting, mm. so... Obviously, um, acting in National Youth Theatre, I wasn't necessarily aware of how to do it professionally, although my peers around me were like writing to agents and doing all that sort of stuff because they had a clear goal mm-hmm. and, and a strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sort of kind of just stumbled around a bit and, and wrote plays and you know decided I was the only one that could direct it and stuff like that which I, you know, fortunately had the opportunity to do that. And I think I wrote a play called, initially called Face on the Right and then Hold It Up. And that was um, put on at the Soho Theatre Mm -hmm. through the National Youth Theatre. Mm -hmm. And I got asked to assist on a project at the Soho Theatre, Mm -hmm. which I did, but um, I was um, perhaps not the most um, uh, understanding of the role that I was there to fulfill. Mm. And I I became combative, primarily just because, you know, no one had sort of um, explained the role of the assistant to me Mm. uh, in that sort of uh, environment or context. And I was just like, you know, one of the mandem from South London who had written a play and as much as the environment that I was in or this uh, industry that I was sort of um, committed to was trying to embrace me, I was um, not necessarily um, 
I guess uh, accustomed to some of the etiquette of mm. uh, of the sort of social interactions that was expected. So when we were rehearsing, I would you know suggest ideas to the director that weren't necessarily taken on board or um, integrated into the work that we're making. So I, I would just challenge her. So you'd like feel you'd feel you know. You'd feel not listened to, and yeah, yeah, like you know, my contributions weren't valid, so mm. therefore I became um, combative, Why? yeah, and um, just quite disappointed mm. and felt as if I was being mugged off. So, mm. you know, to the point where me and her had a big argument in front of the actors, which is completely unprofessional. I've been there, <laughs> <laughs> so and and it was that thing of actually. You know, one a friend of mine who was one of the actors mm -hmm. had to be like, "Raw, I didn't realize you were like that." You know, I didn't mm -hmm. realize you could just like flip road mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. like go quite militant and mm -hmm. on the situation and that. So I was like, "But she's n she's taking a piss," like mm -hmm. you know, and I felt disrespected and un uh, underutilized mm -hmm. um, because I was like, I and. Yeah, sorry for coming in, but I, w I would say that I relate so much to what you're saying because I think you want the best outcome mm. for the production mm. and you saw what you were saying as part of the journey to getting the best outcome. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and so when you feel like y your ideas are not being embraced mm. or um, certainly acknowledged mm -hmm. within the room, mm -hmm. um, you sort of go, well, what's the point of me being here? Mm -hmm. And... To a certain extent, I learned that later on, that's the assistant's contract. Mm -hmm. The assistant can have ideas, mm -hmm. but it's the director's vision. Mm -hmm. It's the director leading the room. Mm -hmm. And it's the director, ultimately, who is accountable for what is made mm -hmm. and how that's received. Mm -hmm. And um, and so for me, I was it, it, it was kind of like a steep learning curve to re realize that and to realize how disrespectful i had been mm. to a, a, a senior director a female director mm. in front of a group of actors yeah. and um and that's when i think i knew that in this industry mm -hmm. i need to not be that guy who i had a reputation for being potentially aggressive mm. or um s somewhat combative to mm. work in mm. or with and um, might sort of undermine the process yeah. in, in 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 front of other professionals. I mean, it, it, it must. It, it's. It, I would imagine it to be incredibly frustrating. Yeah. No. I think. I think. You know. You kind of learn that. You know. That is. You know. The nature of the the way that the relationship is set up. Mm -hmm. Some directors are very accommodating mm -hmm. and very. Um, inviting of your ideas mm -hmm. and and others are less so because mm -hmm. as i said for them it's, it's about their vision yeah. yeah exactly so you're there to potentially um you know do the research and make occasional cups of teas you know make the actors feel safe mm -hmm. or listened to or heard mm -hmm. and feed some of those concerns back to the director mm -hmm. And the director can, you know, do with that whatever they will. Mm -hmm. So I just basically immerse myself in the industry at a very sort of, um, you know, tertiary level of kind of going, right, so what 
where do I need to go to get the experience to know what it means to be a director and how do I make sure I get better experiences Mm -hmm. whereby I'm able to fulfill what's expected of me as an assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, over the course of, you know, the journey that I went on, I ended up directing that play mm-hmm. that you came to see, gener- or mm-hmm. assisting on that play, mm-hmm. Generations, that you came to see, mm-hmm. which was, you know, the most of um, enriching and uh, fulfilling experiences, primarily because it was about family. Yeah. So everyone in the creative team felt like a family yeah. you know and and that allowed me to go oh this is how i want to cultivate you know a room a space for other creatives yeah. and other people that i'm working mm-hmm. with you know as i grow it mm-hmm. further into this mm-hmm. industry so that was something that i will forever hold on to mm-hmm. from that particular mm-hmm. experience oh wonderful because you hear about it all the time you know, not just in theatre, but also in terms of art and exhibitions and people working together and collaborating and the process and whether it's a d- democratic process or people striving towards co- collectivity and and kind of, I'm not, I mean, I'm just thinking of the word democracy. It's probably not the right word, but, you know, they, they try and move towards collectivity in their work yeah 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 um so so it, it, but it, it's a way up and it's a navigation through yeah it's a collaboration yeah yeah it's a collaboration whereby you um know that there's a hierarchy mm-hmm. but most of the m- it, the good directors try and make it as equitable mm. a, 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 an experience yeah as that's possible the word i'm looking for for everyone so yeah. that everyone feels completely empowered mm-hmm. Um, and you know uh, has the space Mm -hmm. to feel safe and the space to speak or to contribute to Mm -hmm. what's being um, created ultimately you still need to retain some of the leadership autonomy and and the control Mm -hmm. on what's being made Mm -hmm. but you want to take everyone on a journey whereby Mm -hmm. they they know that they've contributed to what uh, you know the process has been and And feel invested in the project ultimately right definitely yeah um and so yeah you know that's the journey that i went on and you know it's uh, you get to a point where you go actually now i feel like i've learned as much as i can and i want to direct my own Mm. work Mm. and that's probably when you go okay how can I challenge myself? Where is that opportunity? Mm, mm. And, you know, some of those opportunities are on the fringes or when I was kind of strategizing exactly how to be visible. Mm. Because, you know, the other thing is that sometimes there's a lot of you and you slowly discover that there's a lot of people who are your peers Mm -hmm. who are, you know, also strategizing the way that they become artists Mm -hmm. in their own right. Mm -hmm through assisting people mm-hmm. but then also looking for opportunities to direct their mm-hmm. own work mm-hmm. and put a clear stamp of their sort of artistic um brilliance mm-hmm. or um, vision on a piece of of theater so that's when i ended up directing sus and that was through a competition mm-hmm. a competition um which was um through the jerwood um genesis foundation mm-hmm. and which you was you were a fellow of you? later on i was oh, a fellow okay. but initially i just entered it um to direct a play 
and I directed um, Sus by mm -hmm. Barry Keith, mm -hmm. and um, and that was a play filled with you know um, testosterone and you know it was any confrontation. Yes. Between yeah. the actors on, you know, no, performers. No, just... Not between the actors themselves, but between their characters and their the, the manifestation yeah, of the... Yeah, no, no. I think, I, no. Think, I, think, I think it was it's a tricky one because I think inherently what the play was talking about was about race mm -hmm. and power mm -hmm. and the uh, uh, inequality of the distribution of power a systemic mm -hmm. you know institutional racism that was at play mm -hmm. that you know you could i could potentially argue i've been a victim of through being working in um the theater sector which you know um likes to see itself as one of the most kind of democratic sort of spaces and sectors that is um, based on a meritocracy mm. of you know people's sort of brilliance, whereas yeah. actually is inculcated with a lot of um, privilege mm -hmm. and a lot of classism. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms yeah. of how people um, kind of navigate and and what opportunities are p um, offered to people. But that play, um, Sus, was a play that you know I. I I'm immensely proud of but within the room mm -hmm. um, where I've tr I tried to kind of um, create a collaborative process mm -hmm. there was still you know a, a resistance mm -hmm. from you know an older gener mm -hmm. you know generation mm -hmm. white actor mm -hmm. who didn't really necessarily appreciate the process because mm -hmm. for him you know the director told you where to stand in yeah, yeah. and 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 move mm -hmm. and they just come in and learn their lines whereas yeah. actually me being of a different generation of act, um director was like no actually there's a psychological yeah. interrogation that needs to happen about exactly what these uh, these men are doing to this mm -hmm. black man mm -hmm. um which you know i i think it's important and yeah. i and i think that is something that the audience might not know they're affected by, but will certainly take them on a journey. And I suppose it's the difference between going through the motions and something being truly excellent and powerful for the audience as well, right? If, like you say, you're you're reworking this and 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 do, you know getting to grips with the psychology mm. of the piece, that's the difference between excellence and just kind yeah, of. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's part of the treatment. It's part of you know the actor's understanding you can't just walk onto the stage and say the lines because mm -hmm. then you go well certainly that's not connected and yeah. i'm not believing what yeah. you know is happening what they're doing so therefore you go because it's because li it's live isn't yeah, it yeah yeah it's live and it's also about recognizing you know um human behavior and human sort of idiosyncratic mm. um sort of choices in in certain moments and how truthful that is to life how, you know whether that's um you know joyous or a kind of grotesque um you know uh kind of image of what some human beings do to other human beings you know so yeah, it was definitely an interesting process. Would you say that was the the piece that you were most proud of? Um, 
I think at the time, just because of the challenge that I set myself uh, um, in terms of wanting to direct a piece and be considered an excellent director, unquestionably, mm. then yes. Mm. Um, I, you know, that for me was one of those moments where I was like, oh, people are looking at me differently as mm. if they had a doubt, mm-hmm. whereas I didn't doubt myself. Mm. I just knew I needed the opportunity mm. and the space to work. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And I relate to so much of what you say about that self-belief mm. that you have knowing that you can you can do something. I just wanted to also ask you specifically about creative adrenaline. What drives you towards a project? Some of which I think you've covered a little bit. And what keeps you invested, stimulated and passionate about a piece? And maybe it's all of the things that you've said. Yeah, I think um, sometimes what drives me towards a project or what makes me um, desire to kind of make it is um, recognising the brilliance of someone else, you know, whether that's the writer or whether that's, um, you know, the actors that, you know, um, you and audition for it or whether that's you know w- other creatives whether that's the, the you know set designer or um sound lighting designer you know n- knowing that actually it's a collaborative process but the initial stimulus which is the piece of you know the words written on a page has to be exciting mm-hmm. or has to feel like a challenge um has to you know um already be conjuring up ideas in my mind of who I imagine saying the words mm-hmm. or how I imagine it being performed and, and what some of the audience's experience might be for that particular piece. And, you know, the more I have that sort of um, response to a piece, the more I get excited about mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. then it makes me go, Okay, I think there's something special here. Yeah, and I suppose like when you're when you're having lots of different ideas, and and when you react in that way, it 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 brings pleasure to the process. It's not it's not like work anymore because you don't mind putting in the extra time and the hours and the effort mm. and the sweat <laughs> that, mm, it, that, mm, that mm. it must be like to do. Yeah, something and like sometimes that. you know some it sometimes it's also a conundrum. Mm. You're also kind of like going how, what does this need? How am I going to do it? Mm. And and so you end up going, okay, there's a problem here. Mm. I need to solve the problem. Mm. And once I solve the problem, mm-hmm. then it's going to be gratifying. Yeah, yeah. And so I go, all right, there's a few problems in this, whether that's dramaturgy, so that, you know, you go, all right, I'm going to work with the writer to mm. get it to a place mm. where I go, the audience are going to understand it. And also if, fits into the narrative arc of the character mm-hmm. or the story mm-hmm. or you go actually this moment feels really difficult mm-hmm. to deliver mm-hmm. but it needs to happen and that will inevitably have a payoff mm-hmm. either if, uh, you know theatrically mm-hmm. or emotionally mm-hmm. for the audience mm-hmm. brilliant wow Okay, we're going to move on to the next part next. So we're just going to 
go for a break okay. and then we'll be back to talk about momentum amazing Okay, so so anyway, we're back with Bolahan. Um, Bolahan is a director, um, a writer, and a creative director and joint CEO of Brixton House, which we're going to talk about in a, in a while. But we're talking about momentum. We've talked about creative adrenaline, uh, but now we're going to talk a little bit more about momentum. And um, I'm just thinking about creative energy um, and the process. So how has COVID-19 challenged your momentum in terms of your... I know it's a big question. I'm asking Bolahan big questions today. <laughs> but um, how would you say um, COVID-19 has challenged that momentum? You know, had you, did you have plans that you can instigate or did it drive your adrenaline and create momentum around other areas and ideas? Um, so at the moment, um, I guess to a certain extent, I was fortunate to be appointed in the role that I'm currently Mm-hmm. Um, doing as artistic director and joint CEO of Brixton House, mm-hmm. formerly Oval House Theatre. Mm-hmm. And um, that was literally at the beginning of last year. And I started in the job in April mm-hmm. um, and met my team on Zoom, um, Zoom mm-hmm. sort of thing. So um, that obviously was a quite peculiar sort of um, circumstance mm-hmm. to be in and to understand an organization and the transition of an organization from a sort of small um, studio You've theater a, a to new building going a, up, a, an amazing new building mm. in m- the middle of Brixton on Cold mm. Harbor Lane, mm. opposite Brixton Village. Mm. And um, so part of that process was going, okay, this organization, this new building needs an identity. And so, you know, working with the team and the branding team to kind of create, you know, values and um, mission as well as also a vision for the organization. Um, and, And so a lot of my energy and a lot of my momentum has been sort of um, kind of pushed into that, you know, um, quite happily because that's what's needed, that's what's required. And, you know, now we're sort of scaling up the staff team. So it's nice to bring fresh faces, fresh ideas, fresh energy to what's been happening. Um, In terms of my creative sort of output, Mm -hmm. it's stifled. And and I think that's purely because of the emotional fatigue of, you know, what happened last year, you know with um, black lives matter as much as also just going every situation feels like a life and death situation Mm. whether that's you know in terms of your racial identity but also with an invisible killer that we are all petrified of right so you know it i'm sure a lot of people um kind of bore some work that was either inspired by that or counter um, to that um, in in that sort of environment. But for me, it was great to just go, actually, you know what, this project with this building that we need to open is practical enough Mm -hmm. and also intellectually um, challenging Mm -hmm. enough that I can just focus on that for the time being. 
not to say that I haven't been um, requested to write, mm-hmm. which I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a play that's on ice at the moment that I wrote during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and also um, a film that, you know, has been in development for a while that, mm-hmm. again, you know, a couple of drafts have kind of like come out of that. Mm-hmm. But there are um, scenarios and situations in that film that, again, once the world is back to com- yeah. completely back to normal mm-hmm. is when you know some of those situations would yeah. be able to be actually realized and filmed mm-hmm. so in some re- in some regard i probably need to kind of just move on and write something else mm-hmm. that perhaps might be more conducive mm-hmm. to um you know the world that we're living in at the moment mm-hmm. which hopefully is moving back to some semblance of what we knew before Mm-hmm. but hopefully with a lot more of an awareness of where we are politically as mm-hmm. much as also um, how m- how much we're demanding that, you know, all of our sort of collective humanity mm-hmm. is respected equally, you mm-hmm. know. So um, I think that's kind of the focus as much as also going, actually, there is a lot that, you know, us as people from the global majority Mm -hmm. bring to the table Mm -hmm. that needs to be recognized Mm -hmm. that I want to integrate into Mm -hmm. the work that my theater does, Mm -hmm. my venue does, Mm -hmm. and how much visibility and empowerment that will bring to the community that I serve and and the people that look like me or are from a context that is similar to mine Mm. that I know would be... um, yeah, would value their sort of exposure, yeah. essentially. Absolutely. And I was wanted to talk to you a little bit about the co- about context, but more in the sense of your locality and your link with, you know, South London and, and Brixton and what's special about this particular uh, venture, you know, uh, uh, Brixton House. Uh, w- what do you feel is particularly important or that you are, are aligned with and is it the context is it the fact that you you are, you're, you kind of grew up in south london um is it the community that's in brixton or, or in an area so i thought you might want to expand a little bit about that sure um i mean for me um our venue is a venue that centers art and people in pursuit of social change mm. and and that is in collaboration with global majority artists mm-hmm. um, and it's important to me because that's what I am as much as also that's what has informed a lot of you know my cultural references mm-hmm. my social mm-hmm. interactions and um, and you know Brixton isn't necessarily familiar to me because I grew up in South East London, mm-hmm. Brixton, South West mm-hmm, London, mm-hmm. but I have, you know, socialized and mm-hmm. I have friends from, you know, that particular mm-hmm. um, sort of um, part of London. Mm-hmm. But South London mm-hmm. has definitely, you know, enriched me in the ways that 
I probably haven't completely tapped into, mm. but certainly I'm grateful for mm. in the way that I carry myself, in the way that I communicate with other people, and the way that I, you know, respect, you know, other people's um, kind of uh, life journeys, mm -hmm. you know. So those sort of things, I definitely want to inculcate in, in what we do and what we stand for mm -hmm. in, in Brixton House, as much as also actually you know, taking into consideration the fact that, you know, Brixton, although it's this kind of cultural melting pot with so many international um, communities that have sort of really infused the energy and the vibrancy mm -hmm. of the location, as you know, as much as also the kind of historic yeah. West Indian community mm -hmm. that have, you know, um, kind of fought so many battles mm -hmm. and, and, and really sort of, Things yeah, forward. yeah, completely yeah. push things forward. Um, it's 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 made me go. Actually, there will be people, local artists, as much as also you know the normal, uh, everyday person who goes. Actually, you see that building there? Mm -hmm. That's my building. Mm -hmm. That's the building that you know taught me what acting is or mm. how to you know socialize or express myself mm, um mm. in in a creative way as much as also just gave me my first job um mm. you know work in front of house mm. and and now i'm you know leading the learning and participation um department and 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 things like that so it's about being able to create legacy mm. because some of the legacy of you know other um grassroots activists um creatives artists have not been recorded in the way that they should have done and or have just been completely um erased from yeah. you know visible sort yeah. of um and as the know, generations places. go down and i'm sorry for interrupting but not sometimes as the generations go down you know that it they become a bit niche and the another generation they don't remember or they don't have the frame of reference to be able to actually recognize how, you know, um, strong or the impact that that particular person had on, on you know, the, you know, culture, and by that I mean culture, uh, whether it's a British context or in London or the o overall theater or, you know, or even, you know, people like, I mean, now, you know, I was gonna, it, it's slightly different, but because at Brixton House, ha um, House does want to make, certain changes mm. but you know um darkest how is now ce uh, celebrated and um i've always you know been inspired by darkest how mm. but i remember there was a phase where you know he was being disrespected on national t tv and kind of ridiculed mm. almost and i just feel like you're absolutely right like legacy is so important and context and i wanted to just link and i'm, I'm glad that you linked on to what we're going to talk about next which is the future and and about legacy and about sustainability which you've kind of suggested in your response but I also wanted to talk about the fact that you know at the beginning I talked about us being first generation migrants and you know the lens in which you kind of look at the space even though we're both British we've lived here for a long time but do you think that that feeds into your work and how important is it oh how much do you value having that yeah, I value it immensely, and I think it does feed into my work just because, you know, I um, draw from a multitude of um, different kind of stimuluses, mm -hmm. um, whether that's in making work or in the sort of 
artist that I'm interested in. Um, and because I go, actually, there's so much that we can learn from each other. And that's the, that's the, that's where we originate from. That's, you know, we, you know, we come from, uh, you know, um, people who exchanged with each other, you know, exchange ideas, exp exchange experiences. Yeah, civilization, you yeah. know, it's built on collaboration yeah. and... Yeah, completely. Yeah. So it's that thing of going, actually, it's about encouraging that and, and, and making that what empowers people. And, and that is how we are going to sustain, you know, um, creative energy, the world that we live in, and also the control of our our, our our collective destinies you know because i think a lot of it is sometimes driven by what's around us capitalism mm -hmm. um and 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 that might be at the detriment of the value of you know humanity and yeah. and and the energy and and the authenticity of you know human adaptability when it all only becomes about commodifying yeah. um, our experiences or 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 um, things that yeah, we and have. genre sometimes, you know, yeah. you know what it's like. Genre codes and conventions of a genre, and and f and, and sometimes it's it's too much of a shorthand. Like yeah. you say, things are complex, and you know there are certain exchanges that take place, and and relationships that are built. It, uh, you know, I th I think it's interesting that you mentioned genre because that becomes locked. Mm. You know that that uh, it doesn't become progressive anymore mm. because for mm. some reason it's almost like oh it's been cracked, so yeah. therefore it doesn't it need like to evolve. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't need to evolve, and yeah, you know, yeah, we understand it now. Mm. So therefore, this is how it must be made. Yeah. It's it's shaped in this. You know, these are the um, dimensions mm. of the box of mm -hmm. a, a particular genre, mm. and once you go out of it it's not the same genre anymore mm -hmm. so we don't know how to sell it yeah, or yeah, we don't yeah. know how to yeah, yeah. whereas actually completely yeah. whereas actually to to be sustainable we have to evolve we yeah. have to we have to be able to continue to take on um exchanges and an exchange of ideas or, or evolutions of mm -hmm. ideas mm -hmm. and know that you know that's where the enrichment of us comes from mm -hmm. as much as also you know our our in a collective progression mm -hmm. and empowerment hopefully not to the detriment of this beautiful you know planet that we live on yeah. but certainly in terms of creative kind mm -hmm. of momentum mm -hmm. energy and inspiration mm -hmm. we have to continue to exchange and we have to continue to try to move beyond what are defined ideas of you know um, creative delivery yeah, move the next generation on yeah. And then they'll keep moving on. And also, it's like an, our previous guest spoke about, um, you know, hope and the hope and the hope that you can actually change things. And I think that ties in very well with, you know, your outlook for uh, Brixton House in, in that, you know, social change is, is um, you know, key. And also, the I think that in theatre sometimes, you know, you people kind of, there's a bit of a smoke screen and sometimes people think they are there to be an audience and they enjoy it within the, the from seven till nine and then they leave and they go and have dinner and whatever but actually consciously saying no actually part of our role is to deliver these powerful pieces that will inform and enlighten 
almost. Definitely. You know, and, and, and it's great to have that as the, uh, not the bar, but something that you're aiming for. Definitely. And, and to be transparent about that, I think, is wonderful. Definitely. So I want to move on because I... Uh, even though I would actually quite speak speak to you for another two hours, but um, I, I I want to move on. Um, I'm I'm so excited, everyone. I, I've been saying to Bolahan in uh, in between segments how much I'm enjoying talking to him. But um, I'm, we're going to move on and talk a little bit about legacy a little bit more. Um, and and I'm going to ask you one very powerful question at the end. Um, it might not be actually. You might be like, "Yeah, I've thought about this one already." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I want I want you uh, to think about uh, you know the future and sustainability. Um, what's new, innovative, and refreshing about the next chapter? Um, I think what's new and shouldn't be considered innovative um, and exciting mm. is um, care. Mm -hmm. right um is that the fact that we are starting to emphasize care well-being and um you know being conscious of how people are mm -hmm. how people want to be treated mm -hmm. um respecting um people's um uh, boundaries and 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 noting when we need to step in mm -hmm. to intervene to be an aid, an ally, mm. a supporter, an enabler mm. um, in in certain situations, mm. and I think that is really exciting because you know, again, if we think back to the start of civilization, you know, certain communities, African communities, uh, you know, s some Caribbean and um, South American communities w were very much built on you know collective well-being. And 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 their in intuition yeah. of knowing what's desired yeah. as much as how to respect people's yeah. um, you know definition self definitions mm, of mm, identity mm, 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 or um, you know definitions and the group of was very important and there was collective identity yeah all in of a those way things. that kind of you know in the industrialized world we've kind of moving away from and you know we to the point where I think it's really strange that we think of ourselves. Yes, we're individuals, of course we are, but that we exist on our own and, and we're driven by our, our own wants and we think we can be cured by purchasing this and purchasing that. Yeah. And sometimes we are estranged from the people that are the you know right next to us and the, the closest to us. So I think that you make a really good point about that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I think that's something that I'm excited about and mm. I hope that we can deliver in a meaningful and impactful way mm. as well do you think you've learned a lot about yourself in the last what's it been now 16 17 months <laughs> um i don't know if i've learned about myself um i think i've just tried to tune out a bit more mm. into what's going on around me um mm. and uh and certainly just kind of going well there there is something innately built in me that has been quite um, uh, open to other people's sort of perspectives and experiences. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you know, I'm not surprised that I'm in the industry that I'm mm. in and I'm not surprised that I've been um, kind of blessed with the opportunity to 
be a leader of mm-hmm. sorts and to be able to kind of like demand better um, for people. Um, so I think where I can continue to kind of build on that sort of learning and that realization, then um, I'm, I'm better for it, I reckon. Okay, I know we need to close, but I'm going to ask you two more questions. Sure. I'm sorry, we're going to... I'm really sorry. So... It's okay. Um, so one is asking for a friend. Yes. Uh, how would an aspiring playwright get their work to an audience? Um, yeah, that's... Okay. How would one of... How, let's say we, we've got a, a little Sandra or a little uh, Bolahan and they're in their teens and they'd like to... Or even in their 20s. Sure. But then, you know, it's never too late. Maybe they're in their 42s. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> I'm fine. I'm only joking. I'm only um, joking. No, <laughs> don't joke because it, it's totally fine. Everyone's stories start at different times. Mm. And um, I think it's just looking out for the opportunities, whether whether they're naturally a performer or whether they've written it for other people to perform. Looking for where you can submit your work or where... Um, there are people that have the capabilities to help you get your work on, whether that's a competition or whether that's actually just an open call out. And I think, you know, there are so many of those now, more than perhaps there's ever been. So it's that thing of actually going, you know, handing your work over because sometimes that's the hardest bit. Yeah. Handing your work over because you're a perfectionist or you're not quite trusting that people will find value in it or uh, be excited by it and actually you know doing that bit where you just give it to someone else can be yeah completely yeah exactly (laughs) not tug it back can be you know the most sort of liberating aspect of it so yeah definitely just look for the opportunities give give it over to someone else to like see what they can do with Mm, it mm. and you never know you might be surprised Mm. you know i sometimes still surprise myself when I've written something and then I hear it back I'm like whoa is that me yeah yeah or how I didn't realize Mm -hmm. I I thought or I could be someone else Mm -hmm. thinking differently saying things that they want to say you know yeah yeah because you I suppose you you know you you, because you've written so much I'd imagine you move through spaces of thought right where you'll say something at the time you know, in your when the adrenaline's going, when the momentum's going, and then you, you know, emotionally and 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 thought, you know, intellectually, you may have settled and be in a different space, and then you go back to it, and you're like, wow, yeah, you know, I think I'm quite boring to me in real life. Oh, <laughs> you're not boring. Don't <laughs> say that about no. yourself. What the hand? No, I think I am. I think I'm just quite like I'm not gonna say anything profound. I'm not. I'm not really funny i don't take myself too seriously yeah. but in these sort of contexts mm-hmm. i i feel like i need to just yeah. mean what i i do because yeah, yeah. you know it does mean something to me and yeah. it's important for people to get an insight into mm-hmm. the journey mm-hmm. as much as also the the mind mm-hmm. behind mm-hmm. the journey as well but for the most part i'm not that serious so mm-hmm. yeah don't expect anything special when you meet me <laughs> oh, how self-deprecating none of it is true let me just tell you one more thing and then we will close sure um so if uh you were in if you were someone else and not bolahan 
and you were introducing someone to uh, Bolahan, a Bisa San yeah. piece of work. It could be a film or a play. Um, what would you recommend? Um, you're having an out of body experience right now. What <laughs> would you recommend? Um, oh, that's a tricky one. I've, I was. I think I said that I've got a couple of plays that aren't produced, mm. um, but I think one of the last piece of work that I really enjoyed um, that I put out that was produced was a play called Zayda and Adam, which is about um, uh, a a Muslim uh, couple who were in-laws, essentially who were placed on the sort of um, uh, channel program where they've sort of, they've been de-radicalized. They've been de-radicalized right. essentially. And it's, um, and they're sort of in a kind of nebulous sort of probation where they're still being watched mm -hmm. in case they m might be mm -hmm. radicalized mm -hmm. or sort of um, considered extremist essentially. And it was set in a laundrette in um, West London and it was oh, produced wow. by the Bush Theatre. It's called Zayda and Adam. So, yeah. yeah, that might just make people go, yeah, this guy. I mean, it already sounds like super, like I'm, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Bless I'm you. looking for that laundrette, like, honestly. <laughs> like, it, it already sounds like something that, you know, I'd super want to want to experience sure sure i'll send it to you yeah you send it, it to me yeah. send it to me and we'll we'll put it up oh, and amazing and, and tell other people to, to have a read yeah, zayda and adam yeah zayda and adam please oh so you've it's only been written I've, it was written and it was performed oh um, and we and was it filmed um no it wasn't filmed not to my knowledge yeah. or anything oh. like that but yeah if you want if people want to like ask to read it then yeah they can email you and you can yeah, yeah, email yeah, yeah, it out. Yeah, 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 yes. I'm, I'm we will, quite yeah. open to people if, if reading it if happy, they want. We're happy. Yeah, 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 that's fine. All right, well, I'm very sad because it means we can't carry on talking and I would quite happily keep chatting away oh, for the rest you. of the evening. Thank it's you. been an absolute pleasure to um, sit with you today and talk about um, creativity. And I think, you know, it's sometimes people think you're a creative or you're not, but, you know, I think you've kind of opened it up to, you know, I'm only one type of yeah. creative or like, you know, three. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm, have to fit you know, this I'm an actor, writer, director, but there's so many yeah. different ways that people can be creative. Yeah. And you're being creative in yeah. this context. You know, my man behind the camera is being creative as well. Sene. So it's just like, you know, it's, there, there are different um, functions and spaces that we can occupy yeah. creatively um, yeah. without necessarily, um, you know, doing ourselves a disservice yeah. about what contributions we make so absolutely yeah. brilliant it's been an absolute pleasure thank you again thank you and um yeah it's yeah i'm gonna cry now oh. <laughs> but no thank you very much thank you all okay. for watching <laughs> take thank care for watching and listening to our podcast Okay, thank you so much to our guest, Bolahan Abisasan. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And today we talked about creative adrenaline, momentum, and the future 
um, and talking talked about sustainability. So um, please do remember that you can find us on Instagram, on YouTube for the filmed version of our podcast. Also, we're available on all uh, podcast uh, streaming sites like Spotify, um, iTunes, Anchor, Google Play. Uh, so yeah, so get listening and please do share. Um, and you know, we, we like to kind of bring you things of value and, uh, you know, and I hope that you've enjoyed listening today. Uh, so again, see you soon. Uh, and 